Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening, welcome to episode 54 of the Island Sports Talk podcast. Wow. We thought we had a good divisional weekend on our hands, and little did we know we were going to get treated to the greatest one ever. Bills, Chiefs, greatest game ever. Titans, Packers going down. Huge for the Island. Brady losing. You already know I love that. It was an awesome, awesome, well-deserved weekend of football for all of us. We recap that and preview what should be an awesome conference championship weekend. Folks, there are only three NFL games left. Save room while you can. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, so the only two words I think you could use to describe this past weekend was holy shit. Insanity. Um, Absolute insanity. One of the best divisional rounds I've ever seen. I think every game ended on a game-winning play or a game-winning field goal. Something. Three games ended with – all games ended with no time left in regulation. Obviously, the Bills Chiefs ended in overtime, and then the first three – were game-winning field goals. And, you know, we talked about it. Everyone talked about it as this hopefully making up for last weekend. But I don't think any of us could have imagined we would get the weekend and specifically the Sunday we were going to get. But it was amazing. Uh, That's why you endure, you know, wild card, super wild card weekend. That's why you endure, you know, a shitty week 11, a shitty week 7 to make it to football that we saw this past weekend. And... It really is a shame that we couldn't record on Monday. We had some things come up because it was really, really fr- – I mean, it's still fresh. I'm still in awe yeah. from what we saw. But this I, is the kind of time when you don't want those extra days to marinate. You just want the insane, rapid overreactions. But we're still here, and yeah. it was immaculate, perfect almost. I, I honestly would say it, it was perfect, and I really do think that this weekend could not have gone any better for us. I mean, just yeah. to tease it, I mean, to see the outcome of the Titans and the Packers game, just it felt so good. It really did feel as if the Vikings won this past weekend, and then to see the Twitter world come together and thrash <laughs> Rodgers after that loss, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he was just prime, target, beat down. Everything was perfect. The only thing I will say and need to say is I don't care about the regular season overtime rules. I don't. I think, you know what? You want to keep the overtime rules the same for the regular season? That's fine. Playoff overtime rules, you got to change it. Yeah. And, well, well that's a, we didn't, I didn't include it on our little rundown, but we'll get to it. And yeah, obviously, after the game it impacted, we'll uh, definitely have a discussion. But, yeah, I mean, especially for this podcast rooting interests. I mean, it could not, it really could not have gone any better. We don't have, 
because it got to the point, especially for me, I know you don't have as much hate for Brady as I do, uh, but by the time we got to the Bills-Chiefs game, the first three, like, all dominoes fell in motion. Then it was literally like, all right, you could just sit back and enjoy. So we'll get... As much as I want to talk about it first, we just have to save the best for last for the sake of just going in order. Uh, And we'll go to Saturday, which, you know, because we're sad people and our teams, you know, routinely let us down. We can't really root for them in the playoffs this deep in the season, you know, usually because they let us down. So we have to root against our division rivals. But seeing them crumble and fall almost is as amusing and satisfying as seeing our own teams win. But We'll start off right here. Bengals, Titans. And if you listen, if you listen very, very carefully, you'll hear the Tennessee Titans Super Bowl window slowly, slowly close, evaporate, smash, done, done, done. Cincinnati and Joe Burrow go into Tennessee, knock them off 19 to 16. I'll let you start it off because I'm sure I'll ramble on. So I, I wanna I wanna bounce off of you so I don't go too crazy. I'll be honest. Feel free to cut in at any time because I do have a lot to say about this game. Um, I mean, this was the week of number one seeds going down, and it started with this game. Um, this, like I said, this division round was absolutely wild, and we both knew that the Titans were gonna lose. I mean, I knew they were the number one seed going into this game, but they didn't feel like the number one seed. I didn't have that, like, I'm scared of the Tennessee Titans feeling like I was feeling with the Chiefs, with um, the Bills, even the Packers, even though they lost. I mean, this was just not a number one. Or even the Bengals. (laughs) Yeah, I was more scared of the Bengals, and we talked about that before this game. And, you know, I really did think it was going to be more high scoring than a 19-16 to game, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, right off the bat, this game kind of was going to – end the way it started and on the first play of the game it was an interception by Tannehill uh the first of three um after that interception Bengals went down the field put the game in their MVP's hands McPherson who nailed the field goal and one of my favorite sayings that I've heard throughout the years is that your quarterback is only as good as your kicker and this year I think the Bengals really proved that McPherson is the guy I mean this guy's got ice in his veins he's everything I would dream about in a Viking kicker uh, he went four for four this game and really put the team on his back to help them win. Two field goals from beyond forty, uh, beyond fifty yards, including the game winner, and he was one on one on extra points. This guy was absolutely he, dr- he's awesome. He's so good. He was great. I mean, he scored thirteen of the nineteen points by himself. So, granted, Burrow put him in those positions to succeed. The defense with the interceptions put him in the in that position. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and then I know you don't have Twitter anymore, but the Bengals Twitter account came out and tweeted, this is why you draft a kicker. And it just felt oh, they're like, completely validated. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they got him in the fifth round and it, and it's brutal for me because the last two kickers that we have drafted, and you guys all know, I will always relate this to the Vikings, Blair Walsh in the third round. Yeah. We all know how that went down. Daniel Legatron Carlson in the fifth round, who's now helping the Raiders into the playoffs. Come on, we can't get lucky with drafting a kicker, but sure as hell, the Bengals can. So good for you guys, good for your front office. You guys got your kicker for hopefully the next 20 years, you're done. Um, But yeah, um, there's a lot of things I want to talk about, but just quickly, early in this game, there was a play that was driving me nuts. Um, It was a wide receiver screen to Jamar Chase. 
where I think they were on the 13 line, uh, 13 yard line, wide receiver screen, catches it, and he's running. He's taken off. I mean, this is like a 60 yard reception. And all this man had to do, all this man had to do was ride the outside. Instead, he cuts it inside behind one of his blockers and he has to jump over the defender. Well, in the time that it took him to jump over the defender, you got the other defenders coming up to tackle him. I mean, this is Jamar Chase, the guy's one of the fastest people in the NFL. All he had to do was take it up the sideline, and it was a touchdown. He didn't have to get flashy running it inside. So this game could have easily been 10-0 very early on, but it is what it is. It still came down, kicked another field goal. So that sucks. I mean, it just I feel like this game should have been more high scoring than it already was. I mean, I don't know if you saw the T. Higgins play where he caught, caught it on um, on the sideline, and if he just kept both feet in, he would have gone for another touchdown. So it's 14 points off the board, which is stupid decisions. And I know that one with T. Higgins is harder or harder said than done, but, I mean, he had just green grass in front of him. So if he stayed inbounds all the way, that's a touchdown. So Bengals, I know this game was 19-16, to 16, but I feel like it could have been more. But then we could play the what-if game and look at the Titans where they went for two early in the game. That game-changing play. Game-changing. I mean, we went into this game 16-16. Bengals had to kick a field goal to win it. You get the points when you can. This is the playoffs. We're not getting flashy. I I get the two-point conversion, but I don't. I mean, enforce that on the kickoff. Get your easy one point. Yeah, it's not like – I mean, it was 6-6. I get you're getting it at the one-yard line, but – I'm not even being a hater here. He's obviously, is still my opinion, the best running back in football. Not this season, you know, because he missed most of the, no, half the season. But he seems to get stopped on fourth and short or at the goal yes. line a lot more yes. than he should. Yes. I'm not saying he's a bad running back. Again, if you want to spin it that way, if you're listening, you're doing that yourself. I just said he's the best running back in football. I do believe he is. But he gets stopped more than you, he got stopped on a fourth and one, like three yards behind the line of scrimmage, doesn't even reach the end zone. And it happens a bunch when he gets stopped on these shorts. It happens a lot, like not a lot, but like a lot more than it should for a guy who's as big as him. Don't yeah. know why, can't explain why, but it happens. And we wouldn't be bringing it up. It's, like, I'm not shocked. That's the thing. I'm not shocked that he got stopped because we've seen it a bunch. Neither am I. And like, this is the division round in the playoffs. If you are going to go for a two-point conversion on the one-yard line, why are you not making this? You're going in the bag of trick plays. Instead, you're just going to do a run up the middle. Like, If I'm them, that play is easily a rollout or an option and Tannehill walking in. 100%. You you fake run it, play action to the tight end. That play is open 90% of the time. Look, and as like I'm sure the league knows that Tannehill is quite mobile, but with them bringing Henry back, you know, all week saying no limitations. If you do a fake handoff to him, nine out of the 11 guys are committing to him. Like, I know it seems like a very easy, oh, you're just saying that because it works in Madden. No, I, I'm saying it because if you look, if, it's just a situation. You're at the one-yard line. It's just, that's what's going to happen. They're going to commit. They're not going to be expecting you to do an option. They're not. They're not. But, <sighs> yeah, it is what it is. He does, he Got stopped twice. I mean, huge. Yeah. I mean, game-changing plays. And I, I get it. I get it. It's early in the game. You think you got all this time. You, you're going to make up that one point. But, I mean, that's that's all this game needed was that one point. And that was it. This whole game would have been different. But you know what? 
I'm damn happy the Bengals won because I feel like next week's game, and we'll get to that. I don't want to talk too much about it. It's going to be such a better matchup than if the Titans won. So that's all I'll say about that. And the last thing I want to say is the Titans defensive line was robbed. Absolutely robbed. I mean, they did finish with nine sacks, but should have had 10. I mean, I don't know if you saw there was a uh, a sack that got called back for a delay game penalty that should have just been another sack. They should have had 10. So if, I, if I'm the Titans that was deal, early in the game too, that, yeah. that's another big play. They yeah. sacked Burrow, probably took him out of field goal range, but there was a delay of game called. They got to do like a third play. 14 or whatever, got some yards and kicked a field goal. I mean, that's, a, that's a huge play. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really huge play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you so, covered a bunch. Uh, the first thing I was going to say, like Titans defense, they really stepped up nine sacks. Their D-line has been solid this whole year. But nine sacks, you don't get that because you don't get that if there's not another factor, and that factor being the O line they were going against. I'm not saying the Titans yep. D line only did well because the Bengals O line is horrible because it didn't. The Titans have studs on their D line. Jeffrey Simmons is a freak of nature, an absolute freak of nature. Harold Landry is a beast. Danico Autry, painful, but he's still productive. Those are three studs right there. So they have a very good D-line. But this Bengal O-line is a problem. And I'm not, just like you, finding a way to get the Vikings involved. I'm getting the Colts involved. All I can think of when watching this is Andrew Luck. That's all I can think of. You have this young, sensational talent that's just getting destroyed. <clears throat> Ready missed half the, Ready missed, I don't know. I don't remember what week it was last year, but we know he got an ACL injury because he's getting battered. Second most, actually, they're both these are the top two hit quarterbacks in football this year. Uh, Tannehill was one and Burrow was two. So, you know, getting hit the second most in football, sacked 47 times. That's two years in, not a great start. If I'm the Bengals, I mean, listen, you got the chase pick, you nailed it, you got that skill player, you got that skill position. Offseason and draft. This O-line must see an overhaul. Must. I'm talking two to three offensive linemen drafted early, not waiting till the third and fourth round. Go out and sign better depth in the offseason. It can't happen. You need to be outside of the top 10 of sacks allowed next season. That's Mm -hmm. what you got to do. Yeah. You You got to decide on the Colts. The Colts are the, the mold of how not to handle your franchise guy. But enough of that. Titans defense can't really fault them. They did their job. Their quarterback, hmm, hey, he did not. He he did not. First play of the game, interception, and the last throw of the game, interception. Um, Deontay right. Foreman had like a 45-yard run. Momentum was about to shift, throws another interception. So Ryan that, Tannehill killed them. I that mean, Mike Hilton interception was beautiful. That, I, was, that really, If you want to look at something that really changed the flow, it was that. Yeah, because Deontay Foreman rips off this huge run. They're about to, they're about to like come right down the field, take the lead. They were going to score or kick a field goal there. There's no way they yeah. weren't going to score. And then that abysmal play, and that's and just Daniel screws them. I mean, to the Titans' credit, they did bounce back, stop the Bengals. Then they started to like kind of seize momentum again. They got a field goal. Then they got that wild interception, which you know there's debate on whether or not it was an interception. I'm fine with them keeping it. I don't really care. And then get a beautiful dime to AJ Brown, who I don't know why he only had five catches. Guy went off five for one forty-two and a touchdown. 
Julio also had a nice game, six for 62. But the last throw by Tadhill was going to, to no one. Nick Westbrook Aquina. Why? I mean, he's had a solid season. I'm not going to disrespect him because he had to step up. Someone had to step up when Julio and A.J. Brown were hurt. So he, you know, but force anything you can to A.J. Brown. He'll probably catch it. Julio didn't look horrible. I mean, this was a lost season for him. But you're the Titans. This was a failed season. Yeah. Good night. Oh, it is because your, your expectations were through the roof. I mean, and the next year we're going to talk about too. We heard that Henry will be back for the playoffs. All Titans fans thought were, oh, you're getting a fully rested Henry. You got the bye week and you fell flat on your faces. So I'm sad. I'm a sad fan. I don't care. The Colts stink. They 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 choked. I can eat. I could take all that on the chin. But seeing the Titans fall flat on their face with all these expectations really, really, you know, lifts lifts a lot off of my chest. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And to the Bengals, don't want to spend too much time on a team who didn't win a game. Uh, only one sack, but, you know, they had three interceptions. So, yeah. you know, if you want to pick and choose, would if you had – I think – the, I think the Titans would have taken three sacks and a win over nine sacks and a loss. But Joe Burrow, three forty-eight. The dude, like I said last week, I don't. I just don't think he gets rattled. Even next no, week when they go into Kansas City, don't think he's going to really look rattled at all. Joe Mixon needs to get it going because he has not yet. Fourteen for fifty-four. He had a touchdown, and then Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They both had really nice games. I mean, once again, this Bengals offense has a very bright future. They just need to fix that old line. And then you already touched on Evan McPherson. The dude's a beast. Everyone's heard the quote by now. It looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. I mean, that's just what you need. You need a kicker who isn't like a dork weirdo, just a guy who just oozes confidence, oozes swag. I mean, awesome. Good for the Bengals. Good for their fans. This is this is a good season for them. And next we'll, we'll get into next week later. this is one of the, the best seasons they've ever had i mean yeah. they haven't been here since like the 80s or whatever yeah, it's it was. been so a it's, very long time it's been so. a long time so if i'm a Bengals fan the future is bright and the best thing that you could say don't andrew luck him you yeah, freaking do not. your best to take care of him and that's it that's that's it you, you have to take care of him he cannot have another injury like he did last year like yeah. this guy is good he's very good do not screw it up you can't. So the future is very, very, very bright in Cincinnati, and that will close. Bengals Titans started off the week on a good note, especially for me, seeing them fall flat on the face, nineteen sixteen, and now, oh, 49ers, we- Packers. If as if you know, we had our task was fifty percent complete after McPherson daggered the Titans. Niners, Packers, or should I say the, the Aaron Minnesota Rogers, 49ers versus the Packers? I mean, his uh, his I'll brother, let you start again, his, his brother Robbie Gold definitely helped him too. But uh, no, I, I'm over here saying that the Packers can't win an NFC championship game. I should have just said they can't win in the playoffs, they just I can't mean, beat the 49ers. They shame on us, shame on us. us. Rogers, 0 4. Oh, and four, oh, and four now. Oof, oof, Rogers, what are you doing? But um, and you know what? It's kind of like the best thing. If you can't beat him, join him. Would you be shocked if he's a 49er next year? I wouldn't. I mean, I would because of their quarterback situation, but I wouldn't. So well, if I was the 49ers, I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even be interested because you want a quarterback 
who could get to the Super Bowl, and this is a quarterback who hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl in 11 years. So if Jimmy G beats the Rams and he gets to two Super Bowls in the last three years, that'll be double the amount Aaron Rodgers has been to. Yes, but if Jimmy G, if Jimmy G loses in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter how many you get to if you can't win. So that's true. I, I do believe, I, or I wouldn't be shocked if that scenario happens. But, 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 I digress. Uh, watching this game just felt like I was watching the Vikings play the Packers. I mean, the way I was screaming and celebrating, it was just pure electricity. And Jimmy G, I know I'm going to say he didn't do a damn thing, but at the same time, the drops, the Kittle drops, the, there was a Debo drop, the Jennings drop. I mean, the worst drop of the game was Kittle over the middle, and it was horrific. And, you know, if he catches that ball across the middle, I mean, he may run in, run that in for a touchdown. So as much as I want to blame Jimmy G for not doing a thing, his teammates definitely helped him not do a damn thing. So definitely not good, but uh, Jimmy G is just nothing electric. He's just a damn good game manager. He finds a way to win these playoff games. He finds the way to win regular season games. He's a winner by not being like a Joe Burrow, by not putting up almost 400 passing yards, by not putting up three touchdowns. He's just somehow a winner doing what he's doing thanks to their special teams, thanks to their defense, but Thanks to literally everyone but him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. That's that's it. Thanks to everyone but him. Um, the 49ers, that special teams coach, he needs to get a raise because that blocked field goal before halftime and the blocked punt. Oh, my God. That blocked punt was beautiful. And I felt if they did not run that in for a touchdown after yep. blocking it. They were not scoring a touchdown. They were not scoring a touchdown. So they – exactly how that happened had to happen or the outcome was not going to be the same. Um, and DeMarco Ryan's defensive coordinator, uh, he, the way he played this game, the way that he organized this game against Rogers, just beautiful. I mean, I know they have a great defense and that really helps, but I love him right now. If the Vikings don't go with an offensive coordinator for their head coach. I want him and only him. So I'm die hard for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about the Packers because fuck the Packers. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, no, D'Amico Ryans is a is a beast. I mean, he was awesome when he was on the Texans, and he's done a very good job with the Niners. And I think this year, maybe not this year, but maybe next year is when he gets the job. I think this will be the first year that he's going to really see his name as a red-hot candidate, and deservingly so. I mean, the guy doing wonders over there. I know they are talented, very talented, but – He's also doing a kick-ass job. Uh, got Salah a head coaching job. I think I think Mr. D'Amico Ryans is next. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. As good as the Niners' physicality is, as good as their run game is, as good as big and as intimidating as Trent Williams on sweeps is, if they even if they pick it up at the three, the Packers' defense was playing that good yet uh, on Saturday that I think they would have either been forced to go for it or settle for three, and then even – at that point, you know, you're still in a good position if you're the Packers. But let's just get into the Niners really quick. I mean, Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead feasted two two sacks each. And I remember when we were doing our preview, I said Bakhtiari, MBS were both questionable but trending in the right direction. Well, they didn't. I, did Jair Alexander play either? I'm, Jair Alexander played did. Bakhtiari didn't. So one, of the, three, best one of the three played. And I don't understand what happened with Bakhtiari. He played the season finale, was on a snap count, got your week of rest, and then didn't play in the biggest game 
of the season, which was odd, definitely had an impact because those two guys feasted. They were getting pressure all game. Uh, 49ers offense only scored six points. But when it mattered most, I mean, Jimmy G, he, he let them down the field. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. He got them those, down the field. I'm telling uh, you, the slant passes, that's the only thing that they had going for them was these damn slant passes, and it worked. And then it worked again. And then it worked again. And I just wanted to scream, not actually because I wanted them to win, but like how is no one on the Packers realizing he is only doing screen passes? Yeah, because he's not really like, us. capable of doing much else at this point. Uh, Packers defense played sensational. The the dig always is, oh, Rodgers doesn't get help by his defense. I mean, what's the excuse? 29 rushes for 106 yards. They held them under four yards a carry. Again, they only allowed six offensive points. The Niners' offense looked lifeless, like the entire game. The entire game. The special teams itself cost the Packers 10 points. You know, you got you allowed a block, and then you allowed a touchdown on special teams. So the Niners are just finding ways to do it. And last week, or two weeks ago, they should have killed the Cowboys, but Jimmy G kept the Cowboys in it. Just a few, and yet the drops did hurt, but that interception he threw was just... It was just bad. It was just it was not. Bad. It was poor. He it was, was just he was, not not what you want. But he, they're finding a way to do it. They're so Jimmy G proof for all for all I'm concerned with. They're just quarterback proof. And if you got them like a good to great one, you're looking at like the 80s to 90s Niners again. That's how dynamic would be. But Robbie Gould, solid Robbie Gould, probably felt really good for him to come back to a heated rival. He's never missed in the postseason, which. That's that's definitely a guy you want on your team. Yeah, uh, that was awesome, Jimmy G. I know, I know he had the quote of the year for you, maybe of the decade. Fuck the Packers. <laughs> I I'm a huge Jimmy G guy after that game. Yeah, it's I, hard I, to I dislike Jimmy G after doing that. But now, great on the Niners. I mean, shame on us for not really. I mean, I was we were both high on them. I mean, you did have them in third, but making the playoffs, so not like a real third place team. I I had them as like a eleven and six team. They're just a, I mean, an awesome roster. The roster's awesome, so we're yeah. just seeing it come to fruition. So good on them. Now four and zero against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, uh, and it's just at a point you have to really wonder if that it's only just mystique. That's all Lambeau Field is. It's just. A mythic mystique. They're six and four at Lambeau in the playoffs since the Super Bowl, which you know wasn't a horrible record. It's a winning record, but it's you know, six and four. It's but no one. This no one wants to go into Lambeau. Although the playoffs run well, guess what? Everyone runs through Lambeau. Yep. They've now yeah, the oh, they've lost Brady. their last two games at Lambeau in the playoffs. They lost the NFC Championship last year to Brady. Obviously, lost today or not today. Lost on Saturday, and. Rodgers is, again, 0-4 against the 49ers. Uh, 19.4 QBR for Aaron Rodgers. 21 of 27. And not he wasn't 21 of 27, I don't think. But 21 of the 27 targets were to Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. Yeah. It, it, Receivers not named Devontae Adams had six yards. That last throw... Alan Lazard was wide open over the middle. I mean, just if you're the MVP, you can't lose this game. 
If you're the MVP, you can't come out and look this horrible. If you're the number one seed, you cannot come out and just look horrible. First drive of the game, you get a touchdown. And then score three points the rest of the game. I mean, it's they started off with seven and did not score again. They got a measly field goal. And the special teams, I mean, all season long, that's been this team's, like, horrible Achilles heel, like, Really, really bad. And in the biggest game of the year, it could not have f- fallen more flat to the point where they literally lost. Because, like, people said, oh, the special teams are going to cost them. And that's something you kind of, like, scoff at. Like, I mean, they're they're really good overall. They should probably be – no, they couldn't overcome it. No. Blocked field goal, blocked punt for a touchdown, and then on the last play of your season. I'm not saying they would have blocked the field goal, but it's just a bad look having only 10 guys on the field. I'm not sure if their special teams coach has been fired yet, but I he, hope he has. He needs to be. He needs to be so far out I the door. I don't know how he could not have been fired after yeah. that game. I mean, when you're talking about how bad a team's special teams performed, it was like game-costing bad, but as it was here. But It's embarrassing. This completed the Island Sports Talk sweep of our sad teams needing our rivals to lose. The 49ers, they're just they're just such an awesome team. They're really I like I they're just such an awesome team to watch. They're just like just that physical team that has studs. They play they still play like they have a throwback kind of vibe to them and it's just awesome. I and, wish they had a better quarterback cuz then it'd be really awesome, but it is what it is. That'll wrap this game. Oh, you got one more? I just I love watching Debo. Yeah, I love what they he's do awesome. with Debo on on ru- sweeps. I mean, I know he's wide receiver, but they're using him as a running back in the playoffs as well. I mean, I just I love it. I I really really love it. So that's all I want to say. An offensive weapon. He's just an offensive weapon. He's he's awesome. <laughs> he's absolutely awesome. Uh, just got a breaking news alert. We'll save that for the rumors uh rumors segment. But yep, 49ers thirteen, Packers ten, both one seeds go down on Saturday. And that was good. Saturday was good football. I mean, the games were kind of ugly, sloppy, but they were good games. Like, they weren't blowouts. Huh. You could still, and especially us, like, we loved those outcomes. So we were we were happy no matter what. So we got off to a good start. Sunday. And then Sunday happened. And I don't think any of us knew at 3 o'clock what the next seven hours were about to do to us. I don't even think we knew until like 4.30. I know the game started by that point. We didn't know until like 5 what we were really getting ourselves into. So I'll start here. Rams beat the Bucs 30-27. to Uh, You could say the score wasn't as close as it indicated, but at the same time, you could. (laughs) It was so ugly towards the end with the turnover. It just seemed like – the Rams didn't want to win. Like this, if I'm the Rams, and I know this is just you know stupid sports fan talk, you know trying to validate something. If I'm the Rams, I just shake this off and literally just. If I'm Sean McVay, obviously it's not great that you blew a 27 to three lead and it had to come to that final drive, and we'll get to that final drive. I would just say, listen, guys, we won. Tom Brady clearly has a deal with the devil. We beat Satan because no team, no team fumbles four times. They fumbled four times. 
There was no interceptions. There was four fumbles, including a Cooper Cup fumble. Give it. That doesn't happen. Give it to them. They were like, take the ball. Take the lead. We don't want to play next week. Just take it. It was satanic. It's very clear that Tom Brady has, you know, some kind of satanic juju on his side. But the Rams escaped it. You escaped hell. You escaped hell. So good for you. We'll start with the Bucks Again, they almost pulled off something absolutely absurd. And all you could think of when it got to 27 to 20, all you could think of was 28 to 3. And the the mere the mere fact that as soon as it got to 27 to 3 and I still wasn't confident, it's all you need to know. So and then Mike Evans scores that touchdown toasting Jalen Ramsey. You're like, what is going on? And then I was... fumbled like almost immediately. Yep. It was ridiculous. But they definitely looked short of playmakers. I mean, Evans did his thing, Gronk, second leading receiver. And then after that, I mean, the, the Rams really dominated this game for most of the game. Uh, Leonard Fournette came back, did have two touchdowns, but wasn't overly efficient, 13 for 51. But Mike Evans looked good. Yeah. Gronk looked good. But that yeah, Bucks defense, I mean, I, they did have four takeaways, but it was just – it. it I'm telling you, the Rams did not want to win this game, and the Rams are just proving that super teams work. I mean, they're on their way to the NFC Championship game. They're hosting it. It doesn't matter that they don't have a first-round pick for the next three years or any draft picks because they gave them all up. It's working, and until it stops working, be happy, Rams fans, because when it stops working and you guys don't win the Super Bowl or if you don't win the Super Bowl – Damn, you're you're gonna be wishing you had some of those draft picks. But you know what? Von Miller is coming to life. Uh Jalen Ramsey, like you said, he got burnt, but you know what? He's still Ramsey. And thanks to the Browns for just giving up Baker because uh, uh uh Odell because Baker doesn't know how to throw. So now they got him too, which is just absurd and so stupid that they would do something like that. But besides the point, uh Cooper Cup is a god, he's just not a human. Todd Bowles should still feel sick to his stomach for calling cover zero and taking that game away from Brady. It seemed like Brady has a deal with the devil and Bowles was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys this game because it's just not right. I don't like doing deals with the devil. Cause that's what happened. I mean, yeah. that, that blessed play call was just so stupid to, to let Anton Winfield jr. Cover Cooper cup just made no sense. But anyway, you already covered the Rams into the Falcons 2.0. And Brady, uh, it, it feels good that he's not in the playoffs. And a oh, part great. of me means that, and a part so of me great. doesn't. Because it feels like a breath of fresh air that he's not in the playoffs anymore. I mean, and I'm happy as hell for Stafford. I, mean, I don't know if you saw the video of the Lions fan jumping yeah, up awesome. and down. Good for him. You know what, Lions fans? You guys got to root for something. And even though it's not going to be your team for a very long time, root for the Rams. There you go has something to be happy about, but wins his first two playoff games. He's got a home NFC championship game. The guy deserves it. I wish him nothing but the best. And you already know after every off season for the, uh, for Brady, there's going to be the retirement rumblings. We're going to hear this for the next couple months until something's officially announced, but Brady's still got it. And I know he said he's not going to retire unless, uh, unless he can't be championship worthy, but I still think he is. I, I think he could play into 45. I, I firmly, firmly believe he's got at least another year left 
And that's probably it. Um, I wouldn't blame him for hanging it up. He has nothing left to prove, but I think he should do one more year and go at him and Gronk go out blades of glory next year. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly the biggest storyline of this whole game is now where does Buck, where does Brady and the Bucks go from here? Where does Gronk go? If Brady go, uh, Brady goes, it's huge. It's all, it's all swirling, but the Rams really dominated most of this game. And then just the fourth quarter madness, started ensuing and that Tristan Wirfs injury I mean that certainly played a role three sacks Von Miller looking good again uh that's that that, that's huge I mean that that's just huge and I know it's hard to gauge like how much that would it would have changed the game I'm not saying would have changed the outcome but that that's the kind of injury where you really really don't like it like the Packers too anytime you lose an all-pro tackle and they're not playing it's gonna have an effect on your game it's yeah. gonna have an effect on the outcome, and and it did. But yeah, like like you said, Todd Bowles. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. Having, I mean, listen, those were not good defensive <laughs> strategies. But I mean, if you're the Rams, this is what you needed. I mean, 34 seconds left. I think they only had one timeout. You very easily could have been like, all right, the wheels are falling off. Let's just avoid disaster, catastrophe. Let's sit on it. Go into overtime, try to recollect. No, Sean McVay was like, all right, we mortgaged our future for this guy. And now we're going to put the game and our fate in his hands. And Matthew Stafford, in the biggest game of his career, against Tom Brady, who has 35 times more playoff wins than him, two throws was all it took. Two throws. And I know the second one was just bad strategy and coverage, but those were two sensational throws. The first one on a frozen rope in the second one. I mean, it was shocking. It was shocking just to see Cooper Cup there <laughs> in one-on-one coverage. It, like, it was like, what are you – I mean, Todd Bowles, what are you doing? He might have cost himself a head coaching job for at least one more season. It's that bad of a, an idea. But you got to give credit to Matthew Stafford. I mean, he didn't play a bad game. They had four turnovers. Nothing he did. He, where is it? 28 for 38. Two TDs, guy bald. Game-winning drive against the defending champs. He did it. I'm proud of this pick. I picked them, and that's what be. I picked them in September to go to the Super Bowl. So I got 50 percent of it still right, and I picked them to win. So my champion is still alive. But when we did our playoff bracket, I, I, I said it. I said it game by game. I said Matthew Stafford, who has won only one playoff game, will go into the defending champions' home and take them out. And they did. The Rams are just an awesome team, so it shouldn't even be like this monumental upset. I guess just the way the game went, you know, it's kind of kind of why it's a crazy game. Uh, Cam Akers, listen, we will not, will not ridicule a man who just tore his Achilles, I think, six months ago on his playing playoff football because that is something – that a normal human shouldn't be able to do. But please, for the love of God, stop fumbling. <laughs> yeah. The first one was bad. The second one was worse. And he only had 24 or 48. So, you know, get some Sony Michelle action. Get some uh, Daryl Henderson action. Like, listen, clearly Cam Akers is a freak of nature, but maybe don't try to make him the workhorse. You have three capable backs. Try to get some little – try to get some different flair in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. But monumental win, great win for the Rams, setting up what I think is going to be a very, very entertaining round three with them in the 49ers. Three for three road teams. And then, oh, man. I don't so wrap this up, 30 to 27 Bucks Rams. That fourth quarter was only like a nice little appetizer for what the next four hours gave us with the Bills and the Chiefs. I, um, okay. Let's just, let's just say this. Let's start with this. This was the where greatest. Start? <laughs> this, this was, I don't even know where to start, but this was the greatest game I think I've ever seen. I, I think I said that. I was watching it at Miller's with a bunch of people. Uh, I think at least eight times I said this is the greatest game I've ever seen. At least yeah. eight times. I think I texted more. it to you over and over and over. I, was, yeah. I could not believe this game. And Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. I am so sorry. I am so sorry that you guys did not win the coin toss because that's the only reason why you guys are not in the AFC Championship game. I wouldn't say the only reason. And Josh Allen calling heads. Was it Tails? He called Tails. And Tails he never called failed. Tails. So you can't blame him for calling Tails. No, I would have called Tails. If he called heads. Yeah, then then you're then like, I oh, why, why'd you do that? But you can't really fault someone for calling Tails. No. But, dude, ugh. I didn't even like, – I wrote down stuff. But this game, just the final two minutes felt like it was its own game inside of this game, if that makes sense. Like there was the whole yeah, so three, four quarters. Let me – I'm glad I noted it down because it just needed to be. I'll go over some stats of the final one minute, 54 seconds of regulation. 25 points. <laughs> just what? Josh Allen. Five of seven, 102 yards, two TDs. Mahomes, 10 for 13, 188 yards. Well, the final minute 54 of regulation and overtime. 10 for 13, 188 yards, two TDs. What? Mental. And I texted you, I would kill for Carson Wentz to have that stat line in a game. And here they are doing it with minimal time. It was it was crazy when the Chiefs took the lead, and then when Josh Allen got the ball and he launched it in stride to Davis for the touchdown. I, I watching that play, no matter all the plays I've seen Mahomes make, everything, great, whatever, that one play, that one throw in perfect stride. I was like, Josh Allen's the best quarterback I've ever seen, and I know that's insane craziness. In that moment, in that throw, in everything, that throw is the game. Should have been the game, but I mean, granted, he left too much time. Then he left too much time. Then he left too much time. It was it was a beautiful throw. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see a game like this again. I don't. And then honestly, Harrison Bucker with those thirteen seconds, I thought he was going to miss the kick. So I was I. shocked that he kicked the tying field goal. I was shocked. I thought no way he hits this. Buffalo's going to get their redemption. He's going to go wide right. This is it. No, Bucker nails it, and I'm like, oh my god, the Chiefs are going to win. The Chief, that was it. Him hitting, him tying it and going to overtime was like the Chiefs are going to win. And it it sucks for Bills fans because now, like these Bills fans, this was the greatest game ever. And this is going to be talked about forever, this quarterback rivalry, as long as he's playing for the Bills and as long as Mahomes is playing for the Chiefs. 
this is going to be it. This is going to be the hot game. The Bills were on the other side of it. Bills fans have to be depressed thinking about this forever. They're not going to remember this as one of the greatest games ever. They're going to be disappointed. (laughs) This is – you don't this, want to be on. You don't want to hear this was the greatest game ever and be on the losing side. You just don't want to hear that nah. because to them, it's like what was great about it. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter how electric Josh Allen was and how perfect he was and everything. They didn't win. They didn't yeah, win. With the biggest, so this is very clearly. I think it's becoming more and more evident. Uh, this is the next Brady Manning. I think. I think. Yeah. You could say that. I mean, that's what the trajectory is. And the fact that this game didn't only deliver, <laughs> it, it completely over-delivered. Like, we were saying this was going to be a classic. This was going to be awesome. I don't think anyone was going as far as saying, oh, this is going to be the greatest game ever. And then it wound up... <laughs> bef- like, that last two minutes, just awe. Everyone was just in awe. It... I can only imagine being a Bills or Chiefs fan and being in that kind of game. My heart would explode. I just – I feel like I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, I know – I I just can't believe it. And, and, and there you was know really what? no turnovers. It was pretty much like a clean game. There was wasn't clean. a lot of penalties. And the refs. The yeah, refs the refs the whole weekend. Any, the refs the whole weekend, perfect. You did not hear anything about refs, and that's the- how it should be. The, After wild card weekend where all we could talk about were these clowns, they stayed out of the spotlight this week. The one thing, too, that I got to say, my man Diggs. Yeah. Diggs, you, you were so focused on that picture from last year watching the Chiefs celebrating. He disappeared this game. Three catches for seven yards. And, yes, did have the amazing two-point conversion. But, dude – you were nowhere. You were a ghost. You, we got to cut you out of that picture from last year. Just uh, take you out of it because you were gone. You were missing. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know for, for the realistic take, he, he did help take the pressure off Davis so Davis could have that type of game. So he did do something just by being on the field. But, dude, Diggsy, come on, man. You're the number one wide receiver. If Devontae Adams had a game like that, he'd be scrutinized. And Diggs, yeah. I'm calling you out. The he, best he definitely deserved, you know, scrutiny for just disappearing. But it wasn't the kind of disappearing act that cost him. Uh, so that's why I don't think he's catching as much flack. And because no. someone on the team had 200 yards. So, they, I mean, they, they didn't lose because of their offense. So, like, no. that's why he's going to get, you he know, not as a number one should. Like, if they scored 10 points and Diggs went three for seven, it's a whole different story. But Josh Allen, I mean, 27 to 37, 329 yards, four TDs, 68 rushing yards. Mahomes, 33 to 44, 378, three TDs, 69 rushing yards. I mean, just this is the next Brady Manning, and it's going to be great. Those some, they're gonna, these are going to be the Sunday night classics. Hopefully, many more playoff games, but I don't know if any of them will be like this. I, I really, really don't. I don't and know. The, the this. Imagine just this. It's not even something that should be. This should not even be something that could be said in a straight sentence that came through. But thirteen seconds should never be too much time for anyone. And they no, did have three timeouts, so that did help them. But come, come on. 13, no, no, 13, 13 seconds. seconds. Is, it's 
shorter than the Dak yes. QB sneak. Which yeah, is... how about that? Like, I know the Cowboys didn't have any timeouts, and the Chiefs did, but the Cowboys were on the Cowboys were on the Niners forty. The Chiefs were on their own twenty-five, and it took two plays. That's all it took. Leslie Frazier's another one. How does that happen? You have two All-Pro safeties, and to get into the overtime thing, I do agree there should be a different overtime rule for the playoffs because it is the playoffs. Uh, I think each team should at least get one shot, and then you know there's redemption. I've heard just make it one 10-minute quarter. Whoever's winning at the end of the quarter, that's that. And I'm fine with I'm fine with either of those renditions, but I just think for the playoffs it's got to be different. I don't give a shit about the regular season. It is what it is. But the playoffs, it just means more. But I'm not going to blame this game on the playoffs. And even if they kept it, you still have to play defense. It's not like it's not like you should just assume the team that's getting the – I mean, I know in the playoffs, 10 out of the last 11 teams that have won the toss have won the game. Clearly, it's a huge advantage. But defense is still a part of the game. If your defense fall, falls flat, it is what it is. The Bills are the number one defense coming into this game. That was like a yeah, thirteen seconds on the clock. I don't want if I'm if I'm hearing Bills fans complaining about overtime. It's not the time to. It's not if the Bills had scored with thirteen seconds and then the Chiefs had won the toss. I'd have, I'd understand more of a gripe. Like oh well, we yeah. made this great you know last second comeback drive and we didn't even get the ball again. All right, you got a gripe. Like if Chiefs fans had lost that way, I understand the gripe. And I don't even want to hear Chiefs fans complain about Bills fans calling us out because the Chiefs are the ones who started this whole movement after they lost to the Patriots. So both these teams are on the same page when it comes to overtime rules. Uh, Again, I wouldn't mind seeing it change in the playoffs because it would just be more exciting, I believe. I think everyone in the country, other than Chiefs fans, wanted to see Josh Allen at least see if he could get redemption. Probably would have. but yeah, if you're a Bills fan, you can't blame overtime. I'm sorry. You don't get that excuse when you had 13 seconds and you allowed them to drive down the field. You don't get that excuse. You just don't get it. The game would have just kept going. And yeah. go- it may, it, it would have just been the greatest game ever if they just yeah. kept going and going and going. It, it's criminal. It, it's it's You know what? It is what it is. We got to see one of the greatest games ever. Gabriel Davis had the best ever yeah, we didn't even watch his stat line. Eight for 201 and four oh, touchdowns boy. out of nowhere. The 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 move that he oh, did oh. on Mike Hughes. On fourth and 13. Like, that was not a small play. Yes. Like, I know it was it, a touchdown. All touchdowns are huge. But it wasn't like it was on first down. No, that play needed to be made. Otherwise, the game probably would end there. It made me so happy. I was like, you know what? Why did we trade Mike Hughes? The, 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 That's why. No. That's why that it. I saw something. It was like it looked like someone pushed him down. It looked like someone pushed him down. It literally looked like someone pushed him off the line. It was great. Like at least get mossed, or at least you know lose him in coverage. Don't just make it a layup. And it was a layup. Like he was wide open, and the whole bar is like what? And then you just see Mike Hughes on the floor. Um, but the Chiefs. I was, screaming. It, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I thought Izzy probably thought it was nuts because I how loud I <laughs> It was that good. Chiefs. Chiefs advance, one of, if not the greatest game ever, wrapped up one of the best divisional round, divisional weekends ever, which was what we needed. And like we said, I feel like we said, we felt like there's been some matchups in years past where they looked like they would deliver, didn't necessarily deliver, this weekend delivered. You know, you had four games 
that had a combined point differential of 15 points. That's what decided four games. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And <clears throat> that'll wrap up divisional round weekend. We had two wins, on a, and I got my Brady loss also. So the first three games was satisfied with. And, yeah, it was it was, it was awesome. Perfect. I don't it know if perfect. we'll get a divisional weekend like that anytime soon. But that is that. And now we've got another weekend of football coming. Only three games left in the NFL season, but we got conference championship weekend. Weather permitting, life permitting, hopefully we'll be able to watch it together, which would be absolutely electric if we could do that. That'd be awesome. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I hope, please, weather gods, don't fuck us. Yeah, at least don't don't rip that day from us. Yeah. At least let us get one of these days. But first game, Bengals-Chiefs. Part of me wishes this was the primetime game, but I think both matchups are awesome. And we'll start with the Bengals and Chiefs. I went on a lot with the Bills and Chiefs, so I'll let you start. For game one, the AFC Championship. Cincinnati at Kansas City. And the Chiefs are back. Was this four four in a row for the Chiefs? Four at home? Yeah. And shame on us for not even like bringing that up. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess we could have left it for a year. But yeah, the, four, the four last four AFC championships have been an hour ahead. Tom it's, Brady never did that with the Patriots, which nah, is crazy. Nah. Mahomes is a god. I mean, yes, we were talking about the last place Kansas City Chiefs, but that's not the case. And we all knew that wasn't going to be the case. It was just fun at the time. And – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be 42 to 36. And um, I just don't think that Burrow is going to be able to outpace the Chiefs. I think that Burrow is going to be able to keep up. I think that their offense is very good, maybe just as good, probably a tier lower than them, but almost at that level. But the Chiefs are just playing out of this world right now. They shot out of a cannon. They're coming for blood. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl 33 to 27. Yeah, I mean, I think this is still going to be a classic. Like, I don't think it's, it's going to be, be hard good. for it to, uh, you know, be a nice encore to the Bengals. Not to the Bengals, to the Chiefs and the Bills. But, I mean, this these two teams played an insane game already this season that the Bengals came out on top in. So, the, a big factor is obviously that's in Arrowhead. Again, it's crazy. Four straight seasons in Arrowhead Stadium, the AFC Championship. Wild. Uh, and the Chiefs really are just back. 84 oh, points the last two weeks, and the offense completely rolling. Mahomes um, is the, – the play where I, – I can't – Pringle. The, the touchdown pass to Pringle, it goes one way, goes the other way, just flips it up in the end zone, and it was a touchdown. I was like that – I couldn't even believe it. I was like, that's Mahomes. That's that's a wizard. That is Yeah, Mahomes it just doesn't – it doesn't make sense. It really, yeah. it really doesn't. But, I mean, you got another one. This is another – you know, I keep saying – you know the four, the four guys of 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 Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Herbert. You know this is your new age: Brady, Peyton, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Like these are your next four frontline guys for the AFC. And Joe Burrow, again, I don't think he's going to be phased even in Arrowhead. It's going to be loud. I think this game is going to be another classic. Like I really think this game is going to deliver. I think people are assuming the Chiefs are going to roll over them. Not as many as, you know, as like as you would think. Yeah. 
But I do think there's a, a sizable number of people that think the Chiefs will roll over the Bengals. But, I mean, the Bengals have the offensive firepower. And if Tyron Matthew doesn't play, all bets are off on on shots being taken by Joe Burrow. And Jamar Chase already made this defense look foolish. He already annihilated them when they played in Week 17. So I think he's going to do it again. I think, dude, I think he's just – he's that good. He's, he's that good. Insane. And T- I think Tyler Boyd is due for like a solid game these playoffs. I think he's going to come out of come out of nowhere and have a decent game. I really do. Good old veteran. Uh, but I think this is going to be a very high scoring affair. And I'm just excited. Like this game is. I think it's going to be a beautiful start to our Sunday. Yeah, me too. Burrow, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. Chase Higgins, Mixon, Jarek McKinnon. There we go. (laughs) Jarek McKinnon. It's going to be awesome. And I just – the thing about the Bengals, like they've obviously made this run. Neither game they have looked awesome. Like I haven't – like Joe Burrow – I'm not saying this. This team has a very bright future. But the Chiefs have looked insane the past two games. The Bengals haven't, and that's where I'm a little worried. Because you know they easily could have lost to the Bengals, and uh, no, they easily could have lost to the Titans. That Raiders game, you know, a lot of cloud there. I just don't know if they're at the Chiefs level yet. I know they beat them. Playoffs are a different animal. Arrowhead's a different animal. I don't know if they're there yet. But I think it'll deliver. I think the Chiefs win. I think it will. I just thirty-seven to thirty. Okay. 37-30. I got 33 to 27. And you got 37 to 30. Okay. Yeah, the Chiefs are going Chiefs are going to be in the 30s. I feel it. I feel it. They're just that good right now. They they are they're playing insane and they're they're going to the Super Bowl. That's that's it. Yeah. I, um, I mean, like just to like stay on this game for a little longer. Uh did joke around last place Chiefs. It was fun. You assume they would get it right, but like Again, this is all. This is what we were saying. Like, just have a good November, a good December, and everyone forget. Like, this team stunk in September and October, stunk, and now here they are, favored to win the Super Bowl out of the, out of the final four teams. I mean, it's because it doesn't matter how you start; it's all yeah. about how you finish. It doesn't that whole first month of the season? That's preseason right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You make up the ground. You win one or two games. Make the playoffs. Anything could happen. Yeah, and. They really look nuclear again. Like the Chiefs look nuclear again. Kelsey and Hill are rolling. Anyone that they're just throwing out of the backfield, you know, will make a difference. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think the Bengals will get three interceptions this game. I just don't I don't see that happening. I don't think Mahomes will uh, Ryan Tannehill to them. And it's nothing against the Bengals. It's really not a Bengals slight. It's just. And again, they beat them. So it's not even like we can use this as of they've never seen them. But again, the playoffs are different. They're just different, different animal. It is. I mean, and look at LeBron. Obviously, LeBron the caliber, playoffs, he's a freak. The caliber of the opponent is just so and I don't care that the Titans beat them. You look at how the Chiefs have played the last two weeks and how the Titans played on Saturday, those teams aren't in the same stratosphere. Yeah, they're different. Raiders, we already saw what the Chiefs did to the Raiders two times this year. Uh, just you know, an up definitely an upgrade. But I think this will be. I mean, again, we both have it as a one score game. 
I think this is all. I think we're going to be off to an amazing start, and this could be another one where it's just like one of those games you talk about for a long time. Because I really think, despite being in defeat, like Josh Allen made his stamp on Sunday. Like, all right, Josh Allen. I mean, he already had been making those strides, especially last season. Uh, there was some, you know, slumps this season in the regular season where you know they weren't flowing. But these two playoff games, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, Josh Allen has really just extra emerged. Like, all right, the Bills aren't going anywhere for the next 12 years because this guy is just – and when I say aren't going anywhere, I don't mean that in a slight – It's, it's – the, the Bills, as, as much as you guys are hurt, heartbroken, probably not going to get over this game for a very long time, your, fu- your future's bright. You own the AFC East. Jets, Patriots are nowhere close to them. I guess. Patriots, are no, no one's close. I mean, maybe, maybe the Dolphins if they get a quarterback who's not a lefty. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Bills' division for the next ten years, as long as Josh Allen's the quarterback. You, yeah. when and it's you time, can almost say the same thing for the Bengals. If you can, you can. I mean, far and away have the best QB, but the Ravens are a very good organization. I mean, the Steelers. Always just find a way. So they're definitely in a tougher spot. But, again, to go back to the Bengals and Joe Burrow, I think this will be his, again, in defeat, but just, you know, a spotlight moment for him where he just, you know, goes toe-to-toe, doesn't have enough in the tank at the end, but, you know, 350, three TDs, something like that. And I think it will just be a great shootout. But, again, we both have the Chiefs winning. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals win. I'm not even trying to do this as a hedge. Yes, I said that. I would I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be. But <laughs> yeah. But I just like it was already crazy to bet against the Chiefs in Arrowhead with the Bills. I mean, the Bills almost did it. But at this point, I I don't know if I can yeah, <laughs> pick against them again. I don't know if I can. But it'll be a shootout, in my opinion. Don't want to blow out. Don't want that at all. Uh, and hopefully that sets us up for a very solid NFC championship game. Round three of yeah. the 49ers Rams. Everybody knows that Kyle Shanahan and his Niners have beaten Sean McVay and his Rams six straight times. Swept them the last three years. Uh, first game wasn't close. And then the last game of the year. I mean, the Rams... Yeah, 49ers willed their way into the playoffs. Right? The Rams are basically Dr. Frankenstein. Like You created this monster. If you just held on to a 17-point lead in Week 18, the 49ers don't even make the playoffs. You, yeah, we wouldn't you be here. Don't even make the playoffs. And now you got to face your, uh, your demons right in front of you at home where they blew the 17-point lead with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. And... Very impressive what Stafford's done. I'm very happy for him. I want him to continue. But if they lose this game, then everything is all for naught. It's all for they nothing. They have to. They have to win this game. They, If you make the Super Bowl and you lose, okay, you guys did the super team. You you almost did it. It, it worked. At the very least, they have to make it. Even You yes. could argue even losing. I mean, even they have to make it at the very, very least. This season must and in a Super Bowl berth, at the very, very least. But it's – yeah, go on. Go on. 
I like how we were saying if the Bengals win, I wouldn't be shocked. If the 49ers win, I will not be shocked. I will not be shocked at all. I would be like, okay, yeah, this is kind of expected. But I'm still taking the Rams. I got the Rams winning 27 to 21. If DeMarco Ryan's has this type of game, if if he shuts out the Rams, I'm not saying shut out zero points, but I'm saying if he does what they did to Rodgers, give this man a blank check, hire him tomorrow. I don't care. That's yes. Yeah, well, I'm still taking the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last NFC Championship game that I can remember with two NFC West teams, not that I could just remember, that we all know, Niners, Seahawks, and Seattle. Seahawks. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Man. I mean, these two teams don't like each other. The Rams, I'm sure, know better than anyone that they haven't beaten this team in the last three seasons. So it's going to be tough. Obviously, beating a team three times in the same season is hard. We saw that was not the case last year with the Saints. As you know, they won both regular season games against the Bucks, then lost at home in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. I think again. I think we're going to be treated to awesome football on Sunday. Um, I think this is a game where you know X factor guys really have to come through. You can McVay is going to have to dig really deep, and I think Van Jefferson has you know a nice game. Uh, Cooper Cup, don't be surprised if Cooper Cup doesn't have a good game. Not saying anything against him, but if I'm the 49ers, you need at least, obviously, two people, if not three, paying attention to him every play. Because we saw what happened when one person was on him. It's just not going to end well. And it's not going to be a quiet game for him because, you know, he fell he faltered in this big moment. It's because I just think D'Amico Ryans is going to do everything in his power to make sure this defense <laughs> does not allow Cooper Cup to go off. Yeah, Flair would fire with Odell. See if he has, if he really has this big game energy in him. Let Van Jefferson beat you. Do not let Cooper Cup be the person who beats you. Shit, even Tyler Higby had a solid game last week. He was making some nice plays. Uh, Except there's a third down where. Stafford threw a little bit behind him that, yeah. 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 But I think McVay's going to have to get very creative. He's lost six in a row. The streak has to end eventually. There's something in the back of my mind that really, really, really wants me to pick the Niners. I just feel like it's, it's, they've won six in a row. I know. What they and if there's a team to beat the Rams that are not the Bucks or the Packers, it's the team that's won the six Niners. in a row against them and it's swept the them in the regular season. Um, again, I think I might, I still might be on the high from division round weekend. I really think we're gonna get two classics on Sunday, and I think this game will be another classic. Uh, I'm gonna take the Rams, twenty-seven to twenty-three. What was your score? Twenty-seven to twenty-one. Let me oh. see, just 27-21. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. I just think it will click this game. I think Stafford will continue to shine. I mean, he shined last week. Stafford went off last week. Whitworth needs to play. That's that's obviously a must because Armstead and Bosa, they're coming. Jalen Ramsey must not leave Debo Samuel's eyesight. Whatever. Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, 
he better not leave that the entire game. When Debo was in the backfield, I don't know what to do with Jalen Ramsey, but maybe put him on Kittle. I don't know. Debo Samuel must be neutralized if you're the Rams. I'm terrified picking the Rams in this game. I really am because this Niners team, they just have that just don't give a fuck about them where they'll just kick anyone's ass. Their roster, if you you could really go, you know, player for player before there's like a significant advantage for the Rams. Like look, you could do star for star 49ers and the Rams. And it's not that far off. It's not. I just still I the Rams just have a super team right now. I mean, there's no one even close to Aaron Donald. Von Miller's a freak. Jalen Ramsey. I just don't have those three names on the same stratosphere for 49ers, except Fred Werner, Nick Bosa. So I guess maybe, but you got like Warner, got Bosa, you got Eric Armstead. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But it's O line, you got Trent Williams, you got Debo, Debo Cup. Odell, you definitely upgrade over Ayuk. Yes. Hiddle to Higby. Big upgrade over Ayuk. him out of the water. Elijah Mitchell, you know, I would say he's as good as any of the Rams running backs. Elijah Mitchell's been very good. Rams are also hurt at safety. That's going to probably come up in this game. Um, Obviously, the biggest discrepancy is quarterbacks. You know, Stafford definitely blows Jimmy G out of the water. So that helps. But again, this 49ers team is like Jimmy G proof. (laughs) They still win in spite of him playing horrible. Like He has not played well this postseason at all. It doesn't make sense how they've made – like you want to look at Joe Flacco, you want to look at Eli, two guys. I think Eli's a Hall of Famer. I think, you know, a lot of people are on that board. But, you know, Eli and Flacco, not the best regular season quarterbacks of all time, not these top five, top eight guys. But they, like, turn it up in the playoffs. Like, and their teams won because these guys were leading the charge. Like the Niners, no, no, no. Jimmy G is leading no charges. When they made the Super Bowl two years ago, he threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game. Probably didn't even throw that many more when they beat the Vikings either because that game was over very quickly. So it's crazy (laughs) that they've made it this far with Jimmy G playing the way he's playing. But I think all streaks must come to an end. And the Rams got to win this. Like I said, making the Super Bowls is still honestly not enough when you're as all-in as they are because – who knows if we'll be back here next year? Who truly knows? I mean, I'm sure they'll make some more crazy trades, mortgage their future even more, but I they got the Rams. This is their time. They got to the Rams got to they got to they got to do think something. The Rams do it. I just think they get it done. So that will wrap up our little preview for conference championship weekend. I hope it delivers. I think Again, I said it a few times. I'll repeat it again. I think we're getting a couple more classics coming our way. Uh, hopefully, we can watch these together so we can just absorb it in, per- in person. But we got good matchups. Yes. And honestly, any of the matchups that came out of divisional round weekend, I think would have been good. Um, so, yeah, Ch- conference championship. We're going to get some good football. And I think also any Super Bowl matchup would be electric. The only one where 
you know, there's some question marks is Rams Bengals. It'd be an electric game. Yeah, it's but the only and I like I heard this, I think it was on Good Morning Football. The only like real storyline <laughs> coming out of Rams Bengals probably would be oh, Andrew Whitworth played for both of these teams. Can't really yeah, think no, of anything yeah. else. No. It's actually kind of funny to think about, too. So, I'm not going to lie. The guy's like 40-something years old, so yeah, like, that would be fun. He's only played for two teams, and it is the Bengals and the Rams. But, like, yeah, like Niners-Chiefs would be cool rematch two years ago. Niners, Niners-Bengals would be, you know, a throwback to the 80s because they played in the Super Bowl. Rams. Give us Rams-Chiefs. Rams, Chiefs. NFL. Awesome. Give us Rams-Chiefs. Come on. Do it. Don't be cowards. Give us the Rams and the Chiefs, and that's that. That's final. Yeah. All righty. So that's our game recap, game preview, and just to like, just to tackle some things that got gone on, we'll uh, we'll talk and discuss this. But we've got some rumors, some hires. We'll start with the biggest one, uh, or some step downs. Also, I should add, Sean Payton, kind of. I mean, it's not really surprising, but kind of out of nowhere, just a piece. Sean Payton is going to be a head coach in 2023. Mark my words. Um, right now, he's on a contract. Really buying him, and he like left the door open too. It's not even yeah. like yeah. I'm not buying this retirement shit. Um, he's under contract for the next three years, so whoever wants him is going to have to trade the saints for him, which is kind of wild, but I a hundred percent see him coaching after taking a year off, spending time with his family. And he knows just as much as we all know, the saints are in cap hell. I think they're 62 to $72 million over the cap already for next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, Ryan Ramchek, or Teron Armstead, all on different teams. I mean, we got craziness happening over in New Orleans, and I love it. I mean, I hate the Saints with a burning passion. I know you don't like them either. Um, I just, I love seeing this happen. And if they somehow, if their GM bounces out of this cap hell with all those players still on their team, they re-sign Jameis Winston, I, kudos to them, but... It's not going to happen. Some of these big name players are getting traded. Those ca- the, or or cut. Um, their cap is just a nightmare. And Sean Payton said, "You know what? I'm done. I'm, I I do not want to be involved with this." So much I'm, respect. Just be like, yeah, yeah peace. I, I'm not doing this. Uh, uh, also, yeah. respect for saying he wants to get in shape. I wonder how much that has to do with Kevin James playing him in a movie. For yeah, sure. <laughs> that might have some. Uh, some impact, but yeah, you'll probably just take this year off after Mike McCarthy inevitably flames. Does it like, does it, it doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere, but Dallas wasn't OC there. I think it makes sense. I think they're definitely a team to watch. And Jerry Jones is probably on the phone with him yesterday yes. about this. Yes, a hundred percent. He'll ride out Mike McCarthy one more season. It'll probably crash and burn once again. And then don't be surprised if Sean Payton's a Cowboys coach in 2023. I mean, he left the door open. He, he didn't say he was retiring. There's a reason we said steps down and not retiring. Clearly still wants to coach. Who could blame him for not wanting to be in a literal hell space? And yeah, the Saints, they're going to start... <laughs> These past 16 years, enjoy them. 
Love them if you're a Saints fan because they're probably about to start reverting back. I can't see how they get out of this for a while. What are they, $70 million over? They're, they're like 62 or $72 million over the cap. Think over. about this. Over. There are some teams that are 60 and $70 million under. Imagine, imagine that. That's a $140 million swing. Even if you're at zero, you're like, what are we going to do? We're like barely at – I mean, these are significant contracts that they have to restructure and get rid of. They're going to have to get rid of a bunch of players. And, whew, just a tough, tough situation to be in there. Um, we honestly should have – I'm just going to add one right now. Uh, we probably should have done this when we did the Niners and the Packers. And we'll obviously do this a lot when we get to the offseason. But Aaron Rodgers' comments didn't really make it seem like he's going to be back there. And the reason I bring up the Packers is because it's another team that's going to be in cap hell next season. I know you know the number by heart, so why don't you give it to us? I don't. Oh, I you don't, don't know. They're, I, I, it's funny because when I saw them, I glanced over them. It's but like 45 or something. Him saying he's not going to be part of rebuild and then the coach saying we're not rebuilding was hilarious. Rodgers is... Honestly, unless he's a Viking next year, which I'll open, I'll, I'll take him open arms the same way I treated Favre. Come on, come to daddy, come home. I'll take you smiling, you immunized, no problem. Miss a game or two, you're good. I don't care. <laughs> I will take him in a second. But any other team he goes to, Broncos, anyone, I will despise him just as much as I do now. Ah, man, kills me. But yeah, it definitely did not. It, there's no vibes that he's returning. Like last season, it was murky. It was weird. But there's like there's like no shot he goes back now. I can't. I don't see a scenario where he goes back, especially with how it ended. You yeah. could blame him. You could blame them. Uh, but this this playoff defeat was it was brutal. Um, I do think Colts legend Pat McAfee is gonna recruit him hard <laughs> to try to come. To the Colts. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him? it. Could you see him in the, the blue? I don't know. I could see him in purple. I just don't know if I could see him in blue. But, yo, he's the be Colts. Funny because Rodgers is a quarterback I've clowned and, you know, disliked for a long time. Clowned Wentz. Dis- not, didn't really dislike Wentz, but just clowned him. Glass bones for a while. Ended up with the Colts. Season before him. Hated Phillip Rivers all those years. Comes to the Colts. I mean... Seems to be the new trend now. I hate or dislike a guy, make fun of a guy, he comes aboard. But you already know Pat McAfee is going to be recruiting him. He's not gonna make it not gonna make it a secret. Like he's going to just just flat out say it. But Jordan Love's gonna be the future of the Packers, and that's probably gonna be a beautiful thing for you to hear. Ah uh, man, I don't know. I just don't know quickly, if it's gonna... before like we'll have a like a more in depth, probably conspiracy episode about this. Just off the top of your head, what would you say are the five most realistic teams you could see making a move for him? The Vikings, the Colts, the Raiders, the Broncos. And he's probably going to have a huge say in where he goes. So Maybe the Steelers or the Browns, maybe? Yeah, the Steelers maybe. are like – the Steelers are there. They're They're all over the place as a potential team. I'm not really seeing the Colts and Vikings as much as like getting talked about. You obviously got your Broncos, your Steelers, 
those are probably the two front runners at the moment, I guess. Uh, but guess what? He's not the only one who's swirling. You also got Russell Wilson and Deshaun Russell Watson. Russell Wilson so. is not going to be on the Seahawks. And we are going to replay my hot take from before week one. And I can't wait. I cannot wait for everyone to eat their words. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's the little Aaron Rodgers talk. And after the Super Bowl, when we'll desperately need yeah, to have we'll, segments. we'll dive into all that. We will have a lot more with the rumors and stuff. But moving on with the NFC North. This one stung you a little. The Bears have now hired a new GM. It, you know, it hurt a little because... All right, so... We had two finalists. We had Ryan Poles and we had Kwesi. And I really wanted Poles strictly, strictly because he came from a winning organization. And I'm not saying the Browns aren't, but the Browns are the Browns. And that, that it just it is what it is with the Browns. But Poles came, Mahomes, he knows what it's like to win. He helped rebuild the offensive line this year. And I wanted that. I wanted that bad. What I didn't know was that he had an interview the day before the Vikings. I didn't know that he was an undrafted free agent signed by the Bears. So he had history with, history with the Bears. I didn't know any of that. So you know what? That's fine. All the stars aligned for him to join the Browns. I'm happy as hell with Kwesi. Um, You know, he's more of an analytical type of guy. He had a different upbringing. He worked on Wall Street for years before going to the NFL, worked with the 49ers, Browns. I'm a fan now. You know what it is? Like you hire a new GM, you gotta have hope. You got you got I can't go into the season saying, Oh, I hate this guy, because I don't. I'm excited. I mean, he built one of the best offensive lines with the Browns. Um yeah, the, the Browns, Browns have a good roster. It's not like he yeah. didn't play part in building a good roster. Like they're not the Browns anymore. They're not the Browns Browns anymore. Like they're respect they're a good. People team. had them going very far this year for yeah, a reason. I had them winning the division, so I, th- I think the Browns are very good, and I honestly think that what was holding them back was Baker. So I have seen a lot of rumors that the Bears or the Browns may trade the Vikings for Kirk. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That we'll we'll get into all that in a new episode. But what I do want to say, I'm happy for Ryan Poles with Bears, and I think we got our guy. And I can't wait for the off season. I mean, as much as I'm excited for this weekend for the Super Bowl, the only thing I care about is the off season for the draft. I, I am so on to 2022, new year, new GM, new head coach, new team. Let's go Vikings! I can't wait. Yeah, obviously we're both. You know, we're both going to be very enthusiastic about football that we're watching because it's great football but our biggest you know con- focuses right now since both of our teams are just shitheads is the offseason is free agency is the draft is the schedule release we need all of that that's we it need all april. that april's the time april you know, early march and then late april those are the two money spots for when your team routinely lets you down so that's what we're looking for. Yeah, you covered the Vikings GM as well. Last one, Giants. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Joe Shane? Joe Schoen? I don't know. Schoen? I'm uh, not sure. And I got to be honest, I don't know much about him. I don't know. I don't know a lot about him. All I know is his assistant GM from the Bills, who clearly one of the best structured rosters in football. Going to be great for a long time. What's interesting with the Giants, oh, and this is what I was going to bring up before. You know, he's assistant GM of the Bills. One may think, you know, inside track to Brian Dable, but not so fast. I think Dan Quinn 
and uh, Flores are like at the top of their list. And what I said earlier was a little breaking news that I'd say for later was let me find it because it was on a Bleacher Report alert. Uh, Dable is actually the favorite for Miami, which is curious to me, I think. Um, I'm shocked that he wouldn't be going to the Giants. I, I do firmly believe he's going to go to the Giants, but, hey, Miami, good for him too. Thing is, of all, like, these teams with head coaching vacancies, do any of them have, like, stud quarterbacks? I mean, technically, the Raiders have a vacancy, but there's something about – I mean, Derek Carr is not a young – I mean, Derek Carr is still pretty good. So, like, I don't know. I think Carr might be the best, you know, quarterback of teams that need a head coach. Carr is going to be on the Seahawks after getting traded for Russell Wilson. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to happen. But I'm surprised he didn't – maybe they're – I don't know. I think the Dolphins is a weird, a weird fit for him. I don't, I don't really see it. But again, of the teams that need now the Saints, I don't know anyone in hell who would want to go there. Giants, also a mess, but don't really have a quarterback answer there either. Dolphins, I mean, Tua, or maybe there's something else in play. We shall see. Broncos, uh, exciting offensive pieces, but no quarterback. Raiders, again, I said Carr. Really shouldn't even be having a vacancy because I think their hire is the most obvious one out of all of them. Uh, Bears, I mean, you got a young guy with fields. But I don't know. Maybe he just wants to get into the warm weather. I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was curious because, I don't know. You also got the Jags. How could I forget? But you said Byron Leftwich might be going to the Jags. A lot of rumors. A lot of rumors swirling that he's the guy, that he's going to be going there. And honestly, I, I don't know exactly how I feel about it because we we see these offensive coordinators that have success with really good quarterbacks like um, Adam Gase. It's very successful. But you get your own team and it's a train wreck. And then you get your own team again and it's another train wreck. And I am not taking anything away from Leftwich. I think he could be a phenomenal coach and I hope he is. I hope he's nothing but successful. But I want... And I guess it's it's hard because I'm a big fan of Dable, but Dable helped Josh Allen become what Josh Allen is today and use that. I mean, when you get Brady and when you get a Peyton Manning, it's different than these young guys that you're molding and creating. And I don't know. Yeah, like Josh Allen was terrible. Like, yeah, terrible. Josh Allen was not good. So I, I just – my beliefs are – you go for someone with nothing that is making something out of nothing. If you go to someone with the Holy Grail and they're good, of course they're going to be good. You have the Holy Grail. You just have to come up with some play calls and your quarterback's going to audible out of them anyway. So I don't know. I don't yeah, know. The Bucks' offense has obviously been good. I mean, and their, their offense still wasn't bad before Brady got there. You know, just had a lot of turnovers. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely makes your job easier when – Tom Brady's your quarterback. So definitely for the Jags, you need to go for an offensive guy. Defense really wouldn't make sense. Um, but yeah, that's another one. So we'll also dive into those next week also, considering we'll only have two games to really talk about, or three if you want to include the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dive into this again at another time. Closing thoughts, sir. 
All right, gentlemen. Buffalo, once again, I'm sorry. You guys were on the other side of one of the greatest games ever. And like I said earlier, you guys got 10 years, maybe more. The AFC East is yours. You're going to win it every year. You guys are going to be the next Patriots of the AFC East. Josh Allen, protect that man at all costs. Make sure he's healthy. Invest in offensive line. Keep doing the things that you're doing. If you build a dome, I've said it before, the dude's going to throw for over 6,000 yards. He's going to be MVP year after year. Don't build a dome because it's so much fun watching you guys play in negative six-degree weather. Um, And again, Viking fans, if you're listening, if any of you are listening, I will always find a way to discuss the Vikings in any football segment we talk about. You're welcome. I I can always do it. But uh, thank you, listeners, again. Uh, We're going to uh, the NFC and AFC Championship, and I can't wait to have – to be on this journey with you guys. So thank you. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. Um, Obviously coming off an incredible high of division round week when it delivered. All I could ask for is we get that again next weekend or this weekend. I hope we could watch it together. Definitely want to manifest that. And yeah, I just stress-free football. Like, yes, it would be nice to have our teams in there, but sometimes stress-free football is just nice. You could sit there without, you know, rooting interest and just enjoy that's what I'm doing. Like, I literally have nothing against any of these four teams, so it'll just be nice. Uh, as always, thank you for stopping by on the island, listening to us two fools talk. It's been a fun ride. Almost at the Super Bowl, there are three NFL games left this season, and that is painful. But just deal with it for now. We still got them. Embrace them while we have them. Peace. Peace.